Okay, this is the Coach Haas Podcast, sponsored by Sports Rehab PA, Bucks County's premier sports rehab and performance training facility, and also Buy Optimizers. And Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about Buy Optimizers? Buy Optimizers. So they have the mass signs, which is the digestive enzyme, helps to basically pull the nutrients and everything out of the food that you are eating to maximize the benefit of what you are consuming, especially if you are, you know, an athlete training and you're consuming a lot of calories, a lot of food sources. It's a lot for the body to break down. So the mass enzymes really help as that extra digestive enzyme to break the food down, allow your body to help absorb what it needs. Um, food these days is a little bit more processed um, than it you know, used to be. So it's harder for us to break it down. So mass science helps to do that. Uh, also have the P3OM, which is the probiotic that you could use in combination with the mass science, especially at night to help break things down overnight in your sleep. Uh, Joe and I have both personally been using them for a while now. Great results. And really trying to encourage that for uh, people who want to up their nutrition, give them a shot, especially people that are having GI issues, a lot of, uh, you know, gas, bloating, discomfort after heavy meals, especially high protein, high carb sources. So uh, you can check it out. Go to Buy Optimizers, use code JUICY for 10% off and give it a shot. Awesome. And uh, so here we go again, another Thursday night, uh, another friggin' awesome guest, another great find by you. Uh, I was just talking with Kevin. We were talking off the, off the show um, just how well the name Honey Badger fits you with the hunting that you do to find these, these great uh, <laughs> guests to come on to the show. So um, Kevin Martin, is the, uh, he's the founder and CEO of QuickBoard. And this, this QuickBoard, uh, it, it, it helps coaches, physical therapists, athletic trainers improve services provided to athletes and patients, all while increasing their work efficiency. And then it says uh, the quick board is the only scientifically proven intervention that significantly, significantly improves agility and balance. So this kind of hits right into our wheelhouse again, right? I mean, this is this is stuff. This is the um, another device that would help us objectively measure these athletes and whether they're ready to return to their sport after these injuries. Um, so this to me is super intriguing. Uh, the last week and a half has been absolutely crazy. Um, so I, I've gotten a chance to watch a little bit of, of the videos. I haven't gotten a, a ton of uh, opportunity to watch. So I'm really interested to, to see what Kevin brings to the show tonight and explaining what really what this slant board can do, or the, I'm sorry, the, um, the whiteboard, geez, the quick board, the quick board. Yeah, the quick board. I got, I was using, so it's funny. I was using a slant board today for some of my stuff. And that's all I kept thinking about. So we're using a quick board tonight and that's what Kevin's going to talk to us about. So without any further ado, uh, Kevin Martin, welcome, welcome to the show. And uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, I joked around with uh, Trent after uh, after his episode because I said, obviously, we're not doing well on branding because you couldn't recall what it was that you've known about for the last two years. Quickboard, <laughs> quickboard, so quickboard. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm just messing with you. There's a lot yeah. of stuff out there. So, yeah, so the quickboard, you know, first of all, I started out, you know, as a performance coach. 
uh, played lacrosse down at Auburn. Of course, it was a club sport down there. And, you know, you guys in the Northeast are, uh, you know, kind of, you know, creme de la creme when it comes to lacrosse. So, um, you know, it was fun, uh, very competitive. I mean, everything's, you know, organized and, um, you know, we're just not as deep as, as you guys are up there and uh, maybe not uh, getting our shots as fast as you guys either. <laughs> but, um, you know, went down there and uh, played lacrosse and in the uh, off seasons, you know, would come back home to Memphis, uh, which is where the company's based and, you know, where I grew up. And, um, you know, after my freshman year, just got, I got introduced to somebody who was my age and his dad was a strength conditioning coach. And he was kind of well-known around the city, used to be the strength coach for the University of Memphis uh, football team back in the heyday when they were, I mean, they're, they're good again, thankfully. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they did go kind of down for a little bit. Uh, but in the 80s, they were really good. And that's when he was there. And he was very progressive. I don't know if, have you guys heard of Yuri Vershansky? It, uh, he was an old Soviet. I was, he was just an old say, Soviet yeah. guy. Yeah, just, you know, back in the, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, was um, just an elite scientist over there and uh, actually was. They call him the father of plyometrics. He I really said, wow, see, you know what? I think my studying does work. I was just going to say, I believe he had something to do with the plyometrics, right? Okay. Yeah, published okay. a plyometric study back in the 60s. Wow. So um, he was, you know, very, very progressive. And um, he also, uh, I believe he's credited with coming up with block periodization as well. And uh, so Dean, you know, who was at um, University of Memphis, he actually became pretty close with him. He would travel to, you know, the Soviet Union and would study under him, learn from him. And then same thing, he would come over here. You know, the funny thing about it is, you know, the guy's brilliant, of course. And, you know, here in, in Memphis, you know, Tennessee, we have, you know, pretty good sized yards. So we have riding lawnmowers. And um, so, you know, the guy is extremely innovative on the strength conditioning side. And uh, just, you don't think you'll be able to, you know, surprise him with anything. Apparently they had never seen a riding lawnmower and they absolutely were in love with it. So he loved coming over here and cutting Dean's grass on the riding lawnmower. So I thought that was the wow, story. The right. guy was like a brilliant mind in the world and was just, just so, taken back yeah, by, taken a, by a riding lawnmower. So, interesting uh, yeah i mean hey everybody's you know human right that's right that's right so, um everyone's got so, a yeah. first time for something yeah yeah came up with volumetrics but man never even thought about a riding lawnmower <laughs> that's great that's great so, yeah it so he he came over i mean was close to him and really uh was progressive dean was with his programming and um i mean it was insane the results that he was getting and then uh, when he left university of memphis um, you know, started his own facility uh, based on those same principles and uh, training athletes. And he had a uh, kind of a tech, you know, focused room um, that had, you know, some different type of, you know, uh, concept technologies, you know, that he was working on. You know, one of them was, you know, that, you know, wasn't marketed. He had it as facility was, you know, what is now the quick board. I mean, very, wasn't even close to what it is now, but, you know, same concept. You had an old control panel with LED lights and, you know, very small, you know, LCD screen, 
and uh, didn't give you too much you know, feedback or it was really hard to see it because it was a real small LCD screen. Um, and, you know, long story short, uh, you know, I got through college, would always come back at my breaks, Christmas, summers, would train there, became really good friends with his son since he was my age. And uh, when I graduated from Auburn, you know, I just, I gave him a call and said, hey, look, not sure exactly what I want to do, um, you know, or where I want to go. But while I think about it, you know, I would love to come back and, and, you know, help train some athletes. So, you know, he was essentially my mentor on the strength conditioning side. And uh, just from that point, you know, that's what, um, you know, what, what I ended up doing. Unfortunately, about um, eight months after I started working there, a little bit less than that, he passed away, just was raking leaves one day in the yard and you know had a heart attack and uh, you know something I didn't mention before he actually you know he played football at uh, University of Memphis and then he played in the NFL and so he was an offensive lineman so of course you know I mean he was just naturally a big guy yep. and um, you know didn't necessarily take care of himself you know as, as well as he could have but he took care of everybody else so uh, you know was was selfless in that regard and um you know, so it, I was at a point where, you know, Bo, his son, you know, started uh, running the facility and, um, you know, it's, I left the facility for a little bit and um, started doing something else. And then, you know, just not too long after that, I was like, man, I was like, he had so many great projects and, um, you know, it was like resonated water and, you know, there were some, some uh, nutritional supplements, you know, that he was working on. And then you had this, this you know sensor pad with a control panel and I had trained on it and frankly I knew it worked because I had trained on it every summer I came back and um, you know sometimes I compare myself uh, I'm like the hair club for men guy you know I was a client before I'm the president that's right so that's right. so you know I knew it worked I was like man there's something here mm -hmm. and so I told Bo I was like look let's do something with this and um, you know long story short he was like, man, I just love training athletes. I'll train the athletes. You know, you do what you got to do to uh, try to get this thing to where it's ready for the market. And, uh, you know, I'll help however I can. So um, he's actually, you know, a performance coach down in Atlanta in uh, his gyms in Buckhead. And uh, it's Buckhead Elite. And so, um, you know, he helps with programming and, you know, getting it, you know, uh, exposed to pro athletes and, uh, you know, on social media. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a great relationship, you know, still good friends to, with him to this day. And, um, you know, of course now the quick board is, has gone through so many different, you know, progressions, you know, started out when I first launched it back in 2009, it was, you know, an old, like a control panel, you know, with some little, uh, buttons on there with the small led screen, because the, the iPhone you know, was just coming out as right. I launched right. it. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you know, I mean, you don't have access to that sort of touchscreen technology. You know, I wanted a touchscreen just so it looked great, but, you know, there's, you got to leave those to the companies like Apple that then brings it to market and then, right. you know, makes it the norm. So, um, you know, launched it, you know, on kind of our proprietary control panel initially, then, you know, a couple of years later, had it on Android and then, um, you know, got it onto the iPad. And uh, went from a cable connection to the iPad to now it's, you know, of course, uh, Bluetooth. But for a long time, Bluetooth wasn't fast enough 
for the mm-hmm. athletes that were using it. I mean, you had guys, you know, their, their touches are, they're under a hundred milliseconds and you've got NFL or elite college guys who they're doing anywhere from 140 to 160 touches in 10 seconds. Wow. So, I, mean, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like a machine gun. Like what's great about the product is oh. the, the, the plastic, you know, is, is what the, the yellow dots are painted on. You can actually hear how efficient somebody is in terms of motor patterning. So when it, when, hear, where you're striking on it. Yeah. You'll hear like that, 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 or you'll hear, you'll hear the efficiency in the motor unit recruitment. And every, every time you get somebody who just like everybody will just turn around because you can you ha- hear how explosive and efficient they are. Um, so that's what we were working up against. Like that's why we were on a cable for so long because the key with the technology that, you know, you've seen in the information is real time feedback. You've right. got to give them that real time feedback, you know, that that's uh, showing the outcome of their movement. So that was the whole key to our methodology. So I didn't want to cut any corners and just to be wireless, you know, that to be wireless. So um, kept it on a cable for, for a long time, but then finally Bluetooth came through, um, really started gaining traction with pro teams, you know, have about half the NBA, uh, about 25% of the NFL. And uh, most of those are on the sports medicine side, just due to the nature of the number of guys they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, it's already tough enough when you start talking about pro teams, how they have to organize workouts, you know, and, and be able to get those guys through and get them to work out. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's a whole different, whole different level. You know, when you get the pros, it's, it's, um, deal with a know, lot more egos and tell, and they tell you what to do. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, the good, good coaches, you know, they, they, you know, kind of inform the athlete, educate the athlete. Hey, look, this is why we're doing this. You know, it's to help you. So those are the coaches that do the best is, is they're communicating with the athlete and gain their trust. And then they, they buy in, but it's just like what you guys do. It's the same thing. You know, you're, you're having to, you know, whether it's parents or the athlete, um, you know, you have to gain their trust. And then that's when you're really going to start, you know, uh, seeing those significant improvements. Absolutely. So Kevin, can you describe to the listeners exactly what the quick board is? So if they never heard about it, they want to go Google it, they'll obviously see it. But if I would maybe like a patient coming in and say, okay, we're going to use this thing and describe the setup and then like how you would start off and then like how you progress it and like what you're looking for. So you start off like a day one session, the first time an athlete or a patient goes on it, what you're doing and then when was your retest and then going from there and then like what, what are we getting from it? Sure. Sure. So the system is one consists of a high impact sensor board. So that's, you know, lying flat on the ground. Uh, there's no weight limit to our sensor boards. They're actually made in Memphis. And um, so they're not imported from anywhere else. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, uh, very, you know, tightly um, kind of uh, in the loop with the manufacturer and, um, you know, just makes things much better for the, the product itself. So, uh, you have the high impact sensor board. It has actually now seven sensors in it. You only see five yellow dots, but the, there's two more sensors that are, um, you know, under your feet when you're doing a, a reaction uh, exercise. And then it also consists of an iPad compatible app. And uh, so what you do is you, you know, download it, of course, from the app store. 
And, um, you know, it's the QuickBoard 2 is our latest version. And you log in. And then what we have is a library of exercises. And it ranges from, you know, speed exercises, uh, neurocognitive reaction. Uh, we have different progressions with the neurocognitive reaction, uh, which is really enhancing the cognitive demands based on, um, you know, additional colors being introduced. You know, so you'll have different sort of uh, neurocognitive tasks um, in that regard. And then you have single leg hops, you have uh, vertical jump that you can do, stability coordination, um, you know, just over a hundred different exercises in the library and we're continually adding to it. Um, you know, then we also have protocols in there. So depending on whether you're on the performance side or the rehabilitation side, you know, of course, those are going to, you know, slightly vary. Uh, in terms of assessment, uh, we have an agility symmetry rating in there, and that consists of uh, four exercises uh, that we have over the years from all the data we've compiled <clears throat> and actually uh, knowing how uh, the athletes move on the field and perform in change of direction tests uh, that we've correlated to agility. So, um, I'm sure you saw the foot fire, you know, which is a quickness test, which is yep. you're just standing on two of the sensors and moving your just feet as fast blah, blah, as you blah, blah, can. Blah, blah. Right. Yeah, just low and quick. You're not trying to lift your legs high. It's low and quick, um, you know, training that motor unit recruitment. And then you have a what we call a double leg react and they're reacting, um, you know, based on what appears on the iPad. So only one appears at a time. So, you know, you'll have. Uh, it's just a yellow dot. There's no different colors involved. Yellow dot will appear, you know, on the top right of the iPad screen. They react to the top right sensor on the sensor board. So everything they're doing, they're focused on the iPad, not looking down at their feet, because of course they're focused on the outcome of their movement, not, you know, performing the movement itself. And then we have um, a sequence and it's called stagger step. And we have a left side version of that and a right side version. And what we're able to determine based on those results is we're able to determine which direction you move better to. And it's all because we're targeting the motor division of the nervous system and looking at coordination. So it's, you know, I mean, everybody's familiar. You can do some task better on your left side than your right or vice versa. So that's what we're doing. And, um, you know, so one foot. So if you're doing the left leg version, you're, uh, right foot is on the middle dot and then your left foot is moving from you know the front sensor on the left side to the back sensor so you're just shifting weight mm -hmm. you know and moving that left leg front to back and then that right sensor is essentially uh, that right leg is just going up and down on the same sensor location just for that weight shift portion to get that left leg from the you know front to back and vice versa um, so we do the left leg version of that, the right leg version. So that way we can identify, okay, which, you know, where's their deficit here. And so after they perform those four exercises, we generate uh, an agility rating symmetry report and it has a symmetry section and we give you um, their average contact times for those exercises and their average reaction times. And we're breaking it down, left leg, right leg. And then we have at the bottom, a percentage that shows you know, which side is, you know, your, your deficit side. Right. Now, rehabilitation, you know, you got the, the hot topic here, 
you know, that. So before, the, before you hold that one sec, before you get into rehabilitation, I just want to just ask a quick example on the performance end. So if you do both sides of that and, and say your left side was more efficient than your right, if I was to take that now athlete onto the turf and have them do a 5-10-5 agility, it would show up that they're more efficient on their left side than their right? Yes, because they're going to move. They're not going to be as efficient moving, you know, initiating to, you know, the, the deficit side. And I'm sure you see that with athletes. It's yeah. like they can go one way just fine. But then the other way, it's like it's just kind of, you know, just doesn't look natural necessarily. Interesting. And, and so, so this quick board will be able to determine that without even having to do that test. That would be the, the assessment. Exactly. So it's, it's keeping it time efficient for you because I mean, I'm sure, you know, you got turf out there, but you don't always have the five ten five set up Correct. and you don't have your timing system always set up. So you're able to, you know, the, every exercise in the agility rating is 10 seconds long. It's not long at all because, you know, part of it is, is explosiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I mean, you got to move. And uh, so you're looking at within 20 seconds, you know, with some rest time in between, you're able to say, okay, you're moving better this side than you do that side. So that way it, it you know, it prevents you from having to, you know, set up everything and, and run those tests. And uh, because that's one thing that I tell uh, individuals is it's all about not only more effective, you know, training and rehab, but at the same time, we want to make your job easier. I mean, that's what technology is supposed to do, right? Yep. I mean, it, it should make your job easier, not you know, make not, you invest not complicate more complicate things. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, in that sense, it's, it's saving you time and you're able to, you know, within a few minutes, show a parent, show the athlete, look, you know, here's your breakdown, you know, here's what we're going to do to help. You're going to be doing the quick board, but you know, these are some other things that we're going to do as well. And, um, so it just, it helps you, uh, not only track the individual, uh, but it provides the individual, you know, a report, so they understand where they stand in the same time, if it's high school athlete, then, you know, middle school athlete, uh, in some cases, you know, it, it, the parents have that as well. And, and they're able to see that. So once you conclude the agility rating assessment, then of course you have that report mm -hmm. and you can export that out of the software. Uh, but then once you get back to the individual's profile, we actually recommend what protocol they need to do. Got you based off based, of that assessment. Yes. Yeah. So wow. we have re wow. reaction focused workouts. We have speed focused workouts. Um, we have stability workouts. Um, you know, it's, it's just all based on where they need to improve. And so again, trying to save you guys time, you know, you run through an assessment and then it's like, okay, yeah, I, I see, you know, we got some issues here, but Hey, what should I do now? You know, what am I supposed to do with them on this? So, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, kind of leave you those breadcrumbs, you know, uh, as best possible. And, you know, at the same time, I always encourage, whether it's a performance coach or a physical therapist, you know, once you get a good grasp on the quick board, I mean, use your discretion, right? You know, you can right. compile your own protocols. Yep. And, um, so I don't deter that. I don't say no, stick to what we recommend. Mm -hmm. I encourage once somebody, you know, uh, starts understanding, you know, the, the methodology with the quick board is, I mean, use your knowledge because every athlete's going to be different. You might, might see something that uh, we don't necessarily see because we're not standing there. 
Right. And again, on the performance end, are, uh, what are the numbers saying as far as prehabilitation and, and how effective is it on the performance end of things? So in terms of assessing somebody like if they're coming in, they just want to improve their performance. Correct. There, uh, you know, when you look at, at the assessment, uh, you're going to you're going to see potentially, you know, I'd say most of the time you're going to see a deficit. Uh, and that can be attributed to two things. It could be uh, injuries that the somebody's had, you know, maybe they're a chronic ankle sprain person, um, you know, so you might see that they're, they're putting more weight on, you know, their, you know, non, you know, ankle sprain side. So if they're constantly spraining their left, uh, then they may be heavy on that right side. And, you know, you look at that report and you say, Hey, look, you know, I mean, you're, you know, if you keep going this way, right. you're, you're, something's going to happen. Right. So, you know, yeah, you're, it's your left ankle, but you know, it could be your right ACL. So exactly. Uh, and you know, <laughs> Oh my God. That was a good, that was perfect. We're going to have to, we're going to have to highlight that sentence right there <laughs> because th that is the biggest thing that I, I, I go through with parents all the time. I'm like, just because they, they tore the right ACL, there could have been something going wrong in the left foot all along Yes. And that's, you know, and now we're in physical therapy and they're treating the right knee, but they're not ever truly assessing the whole body to see, well, maybe it came from the left side, unless you're with, you know, Dr. Mike over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey. that's what Trent highlighted. Um, and that's what all the research that he's doing um, is explaining, you know, um, these therapists are still stuck with comparing these, these strength measurements and they're stuck on these biodex readings and he says we're still in the 90s like if we not progress past this we yes. are assuming that the good side is good and without any biodex or any of that stuff i could tell you that 90 percent of the patients that uh, joe has sent to me because he can't get anywhere with them or you know has referred them because they're coming in after an acl um it is the non-involved side that is actually worse in, in certain movement patterns and they're like, mind is blown when I highlight it. And, you know, sometimes the parents are involved and they're there and they're listening. And sometimes they're nowhere to be found. You know, they're in the yeah. car, they drop them off. And, I, and it's amazing how the amount of money and the amount of time that these surgeries cost, that as a parent, you wouldn't be involved in this on every day. Like, it doesn't make me nervous that a parent watches me. I need you to see what I'm doing and I need you to learn because the education is so lacking and so minimal. And, and the parents are clueless. And all I keep saying now, like if that was my daughter, I'd be pissed at some of the stuff that I'm seeing that is going on in some of these facilities, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and Trent really highlighted that. He's like, what are we doing as a profession? What are we doing collectively as, you know, healthcare professionals to, to combat this epidemic that's going on? Yeah, yeah, no, and it's, it's um, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just take a step back and, and I mean, it's such a, I mean, it's such a monster, you know, to change, to, to change an industry. And, you know, like I even said, and, and it's like, I mean, I throw it out there before somebody can even question it is, you know, in the agility rating, yes, we have one side that's reflected as the quote hundred percent, but what is, you know, the key to our, our methodology is we have, uh, I don't recall. I mean, I don't remember if you guys, um, um, saw it, but we have something called paired exercises where you have a left side version and you have a right side version. And so we encourage do both because guess what? 
you know, your deficit may be starting out at 25%, but you know, that, that quote, you know, healthy side, it's going to improve some too. So maybe that deficit increases at first because that side of course is going to be able to perform the exercises better. But what's important is that it will then start going down and, and getting closer. So the, the paired exercises allow you to track the deficit for every single type of exercise you do. We have paired exercises for single leg hops, for stability coordination. So one side, it's focusing on dynamic stability. The other side is a pre-programmed sequence or a reactive uh, you know, sequence. So they're either going as fast as they can and we're tracking their accuracy if it's a predetermined sequence or they're reacting with the other side. So um, you know, it's essentially a dual task, yep. you know, dynamic stability and, and something else. So, you know, again, I throw that out there before anybody can object to say, look, you know, this is, well, I have about, it, I, have about three, I have about three or four therapists that I'm battling with now about that. And that is my point. You just, again, another highlighted sentence is that when they see this deficit, and they say, well, we can't keep working on the good leg because it's going to keep getting stronger. Well, no, that's not going to happen because eventually that's going to top out and the other side will catch up. Yeah, and it allows you to get to a true deficit. And, and I'm trying to explain this to, these, to the athlete and to the parent. Like, why are you not questioning the physical therapist on that? That doesn't make any sense. And they keep going back to, well, the bio index isn't where it should be yet. And I'm like, oh, brother. And then we had Trent on <laughs> and now we have you on. And now I know I'm not crazy. So nah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's, you know, to go back to, to Dean and credit him for his knowledge, you know, back in the 70s and 80s is if somebody had, you know, a right leg injury, they would do left leg exercises. I mean, they would do leg extension, you know, I mean, they would do basic yep. exercise. Do, yep. They would do what they could because I believe you guys covered it in, in the podcast with him that, you know, the, even though you're only performing the exercises on one side, that the affected side, the injured side is actually, will see, you know, results from doing those exercises. Exactly. Yeah. On on the, um, you know, the healthy side. So quote, healthy side, <laughs> quote, healthy, right. Who knows? Maybe, right. you know, they were, they were, you know, right leg dominant and, you know, they injured their, their right leg. So is left really going to be, you know, the stronger leg, you know, I mean, so it's, it's, yeah. And that's why we try to make it simple, you know, and, and, um, you know, make it easier, you know, with, with, you know, things like paired exercises. Yeah. I mean, it's clear as day. Once the exercises are done, you see what the deficit is and, you know, over a range of however many paired exercises you're doing. So um, that's, that's what's included in our methodology is you got to work both sides, both sides, you know, whether, whether you're, you know, you know, performance, of course, but then on the rehabilitation side. And, and frankly, uh, we have an ACL, um, you know, clinical study going on with uh, ACL reconstruction um, with an athlete population from, I believe the the youngest age is 15 mm -hmm. uh, up to pro athletes of like 28. Okay. And the first, so the first starting at week six to week 12, 
it just consists of um, three paired exercises. But all they're doing in the study, because, you know, they want to be consistent uh, in what they can do. Like somebody might be ready to do both sides. You know, right, they might right. be able to perform a sequence with their, you know, surgical side. Um, but some might not be. So all they did for the first six weeks was they had the affected side was just the stabilizing side. That's it. And the, you know, uh, the healthy side was performing the sequences. And, um, you know, it, it was a six to 12 week, 12 to 18, and then an 18 plus. So, you know, three different uh, progressions and what they're finding they have about uh, the, you know, of course, last year, coronavirus really <laughs> kind of uh, threw a wrench in everything, but they have about 35 quick board patients, 35 match controls, and they're seeing, um, you know, a 30 to 40% um, faster uh, rehab time. So they're meeting return to sport criteria 30 to 40% faster with better outcomes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're returning them that fast. Right. So just throwing that out there, that gives the therapist or, you know, professionals like yourself, more time to get them ready for training, more Bingo. time to get yep. them ready to return. Yep. So yep. throwing that out there, we're not saying, yeah, it's going to be get back to the field 40% faster. No, that's, that's not the case. You're just, you're just, you're just time. shrinking that gap in the beginning a little bit more there. Yeah. Right. So that you can get yep. into more advanced exercises quicker. But it's, mm -hmm. you're still staying in that time frame of that, of that I mean, 10 to 12, 10 to 14 month window of really, again, you know, and we talked about this with Dr. Sewards, you know, is it criteria based? Is it time based? You know, um, we talked about perhaps a sophomore soccer player that gets injured. In, in theory, like they should be out about 15 to 18 months before but that would take them out of that recruiting, you know, uh, time frame. So a lot of those things come into play as well. So we understand that. So if we even said like 12 to 14 months, but that six to 12 weeks there that you were saying just gets that a little bit more advanced. But let, I'm, I thought you said that they did one leg and not the other. Is that what you were saying in the beginning? Yeah. So the, the surgical side was when, and it's kind of hard to convey, on the, I mean, I could do it. Matter of fact, if I can share my screen, I could show you real quick. I think yeah. you should be able to. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay, can you enable the screen sharing? Sorry, Where we messing up our rhythm here. That's all right. <laughs> no, this would be cool to see. Yes, while you're doing that, I'm going to. All right, should be, should be cleared. Okay, so here we go, so share screen. And I'm just going to do the desktop. Okay. All right. So can you guys see this? You got that? Yep. Yep. Right. yep. There we Let's go. Move this thing over. Okay. So, so, so for, for all of our people on our, our anchor, um, you should switch over to our, to the YouTube channel to see this, because this is going to be pretty cool what Kevin is showing us. So go ahead. So we have ACL protocol. Here's our six weeks. Let's select a patient here. And then I'm going to turn off automated. Okay. So in the first six weeks, you'll see the surgical side was only this dynamic stability side. They didn't want, you know, that surgical side, whoops, 
like turn it on. Being stable in in that stable position. Yeah, they just wanted to work that dynamic stability because the uncertainty here is that some individuals weren't going to be ready for this. They could catch their toe, you know, it could kind of tweak tweak that foot that then of course works up to the knee. So um, that was, that was why they stuck to only performing, um, you know, the exercise uh, where the surgical side was the, the stability side. Gotcha. So let me turn this light back on. It keeps turning off on me. And so, so just so to that, be clear here that this movement here that the, the athlete had, oh, so this one here is the, athlete's uh injured side is his left side yes gotcha yep yep so injured side's just stabilizing here and then you know of course the you know quote healthy side is performing the sequence now kevin do you find a difference in results if they do it in like a barefoot versus in a shoe what you know do you do anything different with that you know it depends that's where i would leave it up to your discretion you know you got somebody with you know, some of these shoes they have out nowadays, you know, it's, it's like walking yeah, on ghost stuff, balls, man. you know? Yeah. So if anything, you're, you're kind of enhancing, you know, the, the uh, proprioceptive benefit because they're, you know, going to have to really be, you know, trying to stabilize on that BOSU shoe that they're wearing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, of course, any sort of, you know, uh, cross training, you know, more of a flat, you know, sold shoe, you know, is going to be, you know, the, the best route to go, but, you know, that, that's, up, that's up to you. But yes, I mean, that can definitely affect the, the outcomes. Just like if you're doing, you know, change of direction drills with them. I mean, they got some sort of, you know, um, you know, big, I don't want to use, you know, brand names, but some of these shoes with bulky soles. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's going to affect, you know, um, their deceleration and hopefully not, you know, bust an ankle, you know, uh, change of direction. You guys do any like specific type training with maybe some of the field sport athletes in their cleats and see if there's any difference in that because of the, you know, awareness or just how they manipulate their foot in the cleat. Right. We don't, we haven't done anything specifically with, you know, in terms of, um, you know, using cleats on there. Uh, and it's, it's frankly just due to the surface, you okay. know, I mean, right. this is, this is, I, I don't think y'all have seen it in person, but think of this as like a basketball court type surface. Okay. So you know, you're not going to get as good attraction. You know, how well the, does it stay still when you're doing these movements? Does it, is it have a weighted like base to it that, that it, that it doesn't slide around or does it have to be on a specific surface? So we have, what we have now is a rubberized, it's like a sprayed on rubberized surface. And uh, one thing that I reinforce is just make sure that, you know, it can be on turf, it can be on carpet, it can be on rubber flooring, but, you know, make sure that, you know, the flooring isn't dusty, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, you could have, you know, something with great grip, but I mean, if there's dust between, you know, the shoe and the floor, I mean, you're going to start, start sliding. So, um, you know, if there's any, you know, any concern on that end, it would be, um, you know, you can, you know, Velcro it to the floor, but I mean, these sensor boards, uh, so this is the bigger sensor board. I mean, it weighs, you know, about 45 pounds. Okay. So it's, okay. you know, it's got some, some it's got weight, some to, weight it. to it. Not, yep. you know, okay. Yeah. Anything that's too light. 
So, I'll tell um, you what, that's going to look really nice in a sports rehab lab. It even has the black <laughs> and yellow in it already. So I, I was going to say, man, it's, yeah, it's got your right? colors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we, I had a feeling that, that it was going to be a hit. This is good stuff. Look at this. So now this so, is another pattern here. And this it really a- doesn't take up that much space. I mean, you could put this as a nice little station to do. Yeah, no, and it's 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 self-sufficient as well. Once the athlete has an understanding of how to use it and, you know, once, of course, the practitioner does, um, you know, it's it works well with, um, you know, the athlete comes in and maybe you're using it at the beginning of a rehab or a warm-up. Hey, go do the, the protocol that's in your profile in, uh, you know, the QuickBoard app, and it'll take them through an automated protocol. And, um, you know, this one specifically, so this is the lateral trot-out speed. So it's a three-sensor sequence. When you jump from a two-sensor sequence to a three, now you're really talking about uh, targeting coordination. And that's one thing as, you know, even, you know, back when I was a performance coach, that was the toughest thing is, okay, how do we train, you know, coordination? Yep. And so yep. that's that's one thing that's easier because – you know, as you see in the video, his eyes are up. They're looking at the iPad. They're not looking down, you know, at what he's doing. Now, initially, you know, for the predetermined sequences, you know, there's an acclimation phase, you know, getting an understanding of where you are in space, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and that spatial awareness, um, you know, have them kind of touch it out and look down before the exercise starts. You know, even maybe the first couple times they do it, you know, gotcha. let them look down. That's yep. fine. Yep. But we want their eyes to get to here. You know, one, one progression that I tell therapists and coaches, I mean, lower the tripod, get it down here, you know, closer to the floor yep. so that they can kind of see Start the to sensor look, board yep. in their peripheral vision, but then work them up here. And people are like, well, how do I know where to step? It's, you know, I, I can't look down. I mean, like, do you realize what your legs do on, when you're playing a sport, you know, <laughs> or when you're walking, walking around every day? Yeah, I have a, uh, a patient from Joe right now that um, falls into this example of uh, was going to another facility. And um, I mean, she's well, she's almost close to a year post-op. Uh, Flora, Joe? Uh, she is, no, she's only five and a half months. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so a little bit. So anyway was spending a lot of time in doing rehab and uh, still by the time she got to Joe still couldn't stand on one leg for 10 seconds without internal rotation, loss of balance, increased foot strategy. Um, point being this therapist was very stuck on the bio bio decks and these strength measurements and all this stuff. Um, and without looking at motor control was having her jumping and running. Um, wow. and, and it's, yeah, it's bad. Uh, and you know, so this poor girl was spending a lot of time doing that. And so now I had to clean up in pain, lot. by the way, in pain yes. the entire yes. time. Yes. Which is probably a significant part of the problem. Yeah. So yeah. when I was doing some drills and what I did was I was very inspired by this after we talked, Kevin, that I actually put four circles on the wall and I will put little things on the floor and I'll actually call out the numbers and have them do different sequences to see how well they can react to it just to kind of get a taste of like this type of philosophy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really hard for them to look and and do that. And this particular athlete told me that she always looks down at her feet when she plays that she could see the net in her peripheral, but I'm like, look, if you want to go and play at the college level, 
you're going to be playing against some really good competition. And these girls, so a lot of them are coming from all across the country, depending where you're going. And, you know, if you're going to be competing for a spot, or you want to play competitively at this level, you know, they're going to be bigger, stronger, faster, and they're going to have better field awareness. If you watch the Euro cup and you watch pro soccer, it's all field awareness. And you can't do that when you're looking down at your feet. Yep, so I said, if you could have an idea where the net is and where you're going playing like this, Imagine where you're going to be when you're done doing these type of training systems and you increase your field awareness with your proprioception that you can look around the field and understand where your ball is and understand where your feet are. You're going to be that much better of a player. And that is going to stand out to the coaches. It's going to stand out to, you know, everyone else is looking at what you're doing. So, and, and you know, just seeing this drill here, this is what it you know signifies. Like you said, like a lot of people, like I look at my feet and like, it doesn't make sense. You're playing a sport where yeah. you need to look at what's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. Glance down, you know, that's fine. You know, glance mm -hmm. down, but then you, you gotta, you gotta, your eyes have got to be up and then you're working off your peripheral to know where your, the ball is in terms of where your feet need to be, you know, let the body take care of that. I mean, it does. Listen, they, they say, in, I mean, and I'm not a hockey player by any means, but you know, they say, well, you got your head down and you're just begging for a concussion because you're going to get decked. Yeah. Oh, I, hey, hey, you're talking to somebody here. I tried playing <laughs> hockey one year and uh, I was skating with my head down. And next thing I knew, my gloves flew off. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it doesn't yeah. work out well. You know, yeah. playing lacrosse, same thing. Sure. You know, you, you you keep your head, you look down trying to get that ground ball. Well, you got somebody head on, most yeah. likely. Yep. And they're just going to, they're going to clean your clock. So, yeah. it, hey, it happened to lacrosse too. But, you know, hockey, it's, it looks much more dramatic because you're, <laughs> you're, you're yeah. ice. Yeah, right. So, exactly. yeah, you, exactly. yeah, your feet, feet uh, leave pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Now, how often will you retest these sequences? Do you have a protocol when you'll retest and see if the parameters improve in the certain sequences? And then what if maybe you find the side that was deficient before increased somehow? Obviously, I mean, that's telling you that something's going on with the training, but like how often will you retest? Like, will you do it in a certain amount of weeks or can you do it within a session? Like have them do the sequence, execute some drills and then maybe come back and see if the sequence improves within the session. I mean, is it both same? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. So, you know, that's where, you know, the assessment is important, but you also have, you know, you have the agility, you know, symmetry rating, but that's where you have technologies like trends, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's, you know, his is, you know, what I would consider the gold standard for functional movement, you know, assessment. talking about the, the dorsal V the, yeah, the dorsal V the okay. AMI. Right. And uh, so you have his assessment. So, you know, I would say one with the agility, you know, symmetry rating four to six weeks, you know, similar to the testing you would do in other things, you know, you want to, you want to wait some, you know, hold off so that you can see a significant improvement. Okay. So, you know, typically that four to six weeks, maybe up to eight weeks, um, you know, it just depends, you know, sometimes athletes are like, Oh, I want to retest, retest. And you know what? I mean, it's not going to hurt. It, you yeah. know, just, okay, fine. You know, it's not going to take, you know, now with some technologies, it takes, you know, more time, but you know, with the agility symmetry rating, I mean, you're looking at, uh, you know, five minutes. So, Hey, if they want to do it, a parent wants to see it, you know, then it's not going to take much of your time to do that. Right. Um, in terms of the other exercises like this, based on our performance studies, three times a week. Uh, so we have, I think what I included in the information I sent to you guys, you know, we've had a couple performance studies. Um, the very first one before I even launched it on the market, um, because I wanted to prove, look, this works, this transfers, is, um, you know, they did a whole body uh, change of direction 
uh, test. So it was laser time and it was similar to the short shuttle. Uh, but the, the researchers, I wanted them to do the short shuttle because everybody's familiar with that, right? With the NFL combine, mm -hmm. but they, they did a five meter change of direction test. So it was a total of, uh, 20 meters as opposed to 20 yards. And it was only a five meter increment. So, um, you know, a little bit different, uh, but similar, um, you know, length in terms of total distance. So you had 20 yards for the short shuttle, 20 meters for the test they did in this study. Uh, they said they wanted to do that one because the reliability was higher. So uh, I guess I didn't, I couldn't determine <laughs> to do the short shuttle. So, um, so they did that change of direction test. And frankly, you do one more direction change with the one that they did in the study, which consists of, um, you know, it's, it's a little more complex because you got one more direction change, which means they got to decelerate then accelerate one more mm -hmm. time. And that's, as you guys know, can be the toughest part yep. for a lot of individuals. Yep. So what they found was after four weeks of doing just a static protocol, they did it three times a week that they had a control group that did a pre-post test and they were active, had to meet all these requirements. Um, they just did the pre-post test on the laser time. times a week over four weeks and there kevin mean, do me a favor yeah that you yeah. broke up right there just kind of repeat that a little bit yeah so the the control group uh what they did was they did a pre-test on the change of direction test and then they did a post test so they had to meet a requirement for you know a certain level of activity you know each week of uh, staying active because it was college students and um, so they did the pre-post test for the change of direction test. And then you had the quick board group. Uh, and what they did was they, of course, did the pre-post test. And then they trained on the quick board three times a week for four weeks. So a total of 12 training sessions. The protocol took about, uh, I think they had to let them rest two minutes, you know, just research study. <laughs> yeah, how, sure long, how long are each one of these little sequences? So they were only doing uh, 10 seconds uh, in that study. So these, uh, typically what we push them out, they're anywhere from 15 to 20 seconds. And then you can also, you can customize that yourself. So, so that's it, 15 to 20 seconds, like one round? Yeah, yeah. So okay. once, you know, if he goes, you know, he starts and then after 15 or 20 seconds, then it's over. And it shows you your result is, you know, gotcha. your number of touches that you achieved and if you had any errors. So we're tracking accuracy as well. Um, you can also change that as well. I mean, you can fully customize this. Maybe you want them to do 100 touches mm -hmm. and then the result is going to be how long did it take you to do that? So, yeah, right. yeah. That's, that's right, so, something. So this can, can become a conditioning right. tool at the end of a workout as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Frank. I'm thinking of a fatigue factor because, you know, yep, uh, yep. with Trent, a lot of the ACLs happen not only based on the movement, but it's the velocity of the movement. So the valgus and how fast that valgus is happening uh, as opposed to how, how much deviation. So would you really fatigue the hell out of them and then have them do this and see if at the end of maybe like a strength session or something really fatigued? how well do they do these? Cause that's going to simulate the last five minutes of like a tournament or something, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, you know, I guess there's debate out there of whether fatigue results in, in injuries. And I'll tell you this, mine, 
Um, you know, unless it was a freak accident walking and twisting my ankle on a sidewalk, um, mine happened when I was fatigued. I mean, your, yeah. your court, your yeah. coordination in there. I mean, no, there's, there's definitely more research know. showing that. I mean, Trent just sent me a research article and a slew of article packages in an email. Um, one of them is about that, about the fatigue. Wait, yeah, Trent so sent you a research paper. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's the, the, the human NIH. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's no, he's great. I mean, that's why he'll send me stuff. And I'm like, man, this is great. Thank you. Yeah. And and so yeah, I mean, for sure. I think end of the workout, you know, is is good for a couple of reasons. Uh, believe it or not, but some of your highest results are gonna be on leg days. And the reason is you wouldn't think so, right? Because of, of fatigue. Fatigue, right. But but at the same time, if you've been doing legs, you know, your motor unit recruitment is extremely right. efficient. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. But there is a fall off there, right? Yeah. If you do it too long now, all of a sudden, you know, your scores are going to start falling off. Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, for some athletes who are going to be affected by fatigue, you know, maybe it's somebody who hadn't worked out in a while, um, you know, or they're just not trained. And uh, just started getting into, you know, legitimate training program um, that it's it's especially going to be valuable for them, because, again, um, you're going to see uh, what do they look like from a bilateral standpoint? You know, do they have, you know, a significant deficit? So you can, you know, you can play around with that. Hey, we're going to do it at the beginning today. We're going to do it you know, at the end of another day. So that's what I would encourage. It's like find what works best for you. But you will see that, um, you know, some of the best results are going to be on the leg days. However, they do fatigue, you know, faster on those days, you know, in terms of, you know, if you're doing some serious volume with uh, exercises. So here's what I really like about, about this is uh, <clears throat> you're looking at a lot of um, what's going on with this, you know, rehab for these athletes and um, with this epidemic of these ACL injuries, I had this conversation with a lot of the uh, parents and the kids that come in, you know, I went to high school in central Jersey and now that I'm like outside of that box, you know, removed for, you know, uh, man, when I graduated high school, 2004. So, Woo! you know, we're going on almost, yeah, man, it's like two decades here. So, um, you know, there weren't, you know, soccer still, you know, when you're, when you're in the box there, you don't realize it until like, you're out. like now living here in PA and hearing all these parents say, well, central Jersey is like, top premier, you know, Jersey overall for soccer. But when you're living there, you don't really realize that. You just know, oh, soccer's popular or whatever. So now I'm outside the box and you see that, you kind of see, okay, well, as, as high-end as soccer was and as how aggressive it was when I was in high school, none of my friends had ACLs. We ne you never heard about this. And, you know, they played and they did that. And now there's this huge change in, like we talked about, this monster of a uh, epidemic we have to go against of soccer 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 all year long so I don't really I don't think that the parents and the athletes are really understanding like what these injuries entail and why the rehab is so long so you know you go into these facilities and you see these PTs in these places and they have all this fancy equipment and all this cool and shit but it's like the, the you know 98 percent of the of the patients that go in there can't even utilize this stuff i mean we're not even talking about putting them on a squat rack or in these fancy crazy like even on a bosu they can't even stand on a stable surface you know so yeah. when i'm looking at like the things that we want to implement into a clinic you know i think about something like this quick board because 
this is going to give us some data and it's going to explain not only to insurance companies, but also to the parent and the athlete, look, you can't do these movements and, and here's the deficit gap and look at how hard it was for you to do it, but here's the numbers. And when they yeah. come in for an initial evaluation, you really want to you know, impose on them. Why am I telling you that you need to not do this winter club soccer and you need to focus on these things. If you really want to go division one and you want to get recruited, that middle club is not important. Honestly, tell the coach to go pound sand. It's your life. Exactly. It's your future. And you have to advocate for yourself. The parents have to advocate for their kids. And look, what is important to you? And when we have these things here to really show the parents, like, this is important. This is why you can't run. You can't jump. You can't cut yet. And every time you do do it, you get pain. You know, this is really great because you have the technology objective data. And that's what Trent was trying to explain, that we have more progressive ways today of showing you know, these reasons, you know, as to why, you know, the, the athlete needs to do this and what we need to do in the rehab. And it gives good direction to what we're doing instead of just having them in there. That we're actually doing and what these athletes are focusing on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Um, you know, it's giving you guys more information and, you know, as you were watching in that uh, paired exercise video, yeah. Um, you know, it's extremely simple. I mean, you perform an exercise on the left side and the right side, and you're going to see differences. So this uh, is know, single leg hopping back and forth on the left, and he's also doing it on the right, and he looks like he's doing like an RDL, going down and touching down on the left and the right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you even see this guy's healthy. He almost loses his, you know, his yeah, balance, his you balance know, on, yeah. on the right side. So uh, <laughs> this hip rotation, you know, you're talking about you're going to be able to see, you know, which, which direction, you know, they're moving, you know, better to just from that, because how efficiently are they able to open their hips? Um, and, um, you know, these are, you know, what you're looking at now, you know, uh, uh, well, was a single leg hop and you're kind of chopping your foot in place and then reacting. So these right here is you're reacting, you know, to what's appearing. So some of them are, are a a neurocognitive. Uh So you're not always reacting. Yeah, um, you know, to every color. And uh, so you're introducing fatigue because they're having to, you know, move their feet quickly. And then you're, you're adding the neurocognitive component on top of that. So, yeah. all right, you're in a fatigue state, you're moving your feet similar to what you're going to be doing on the field. How do you react now? You know, you're not just standing there and waiting for something to appear. So, yep. you know, many different ways to skin the cat, you know, with, yeah. with the quick board. And, um, you know, it just, you know, allows you guys, you have a solution that um, once you get acclimated to it, you know, you may say, hey, look, I want to do this assessment. And, yeah. uh, you know, as opposed to the agility rating, yep. you know, as, as often. So um, that's one thing I encourage and that we work with you on is, you know, okay, what exercise do you want to see? Maybe there's some things that you're doing that aren't, you know, in, in the software and mm-hmm. we can plug that in for you. And, um, then here's some of the neurocognitive, just to give you an example of these, um, to integrate, um, you know, what you're currently doing. And then you're adding that objective component to it. Now, you know, with that, that research study that I was talking about before, just after 12 training sessions, they, they saw compared to the control group that the quick board group had a mean decrease of uh, half a second in that uh, change of direction task. It was 0.45, so a little under, but uh, just about a half a second improvement. 
And, you know, if you look at that in the 2020 NFL combine compared to the short shuttle, you know, uh, results, that was the difference between first and 83rd. Wow. These, I mean, you guys, I know y'all are familiar with change of direction tests. Like time just doesn't fall off. Like you're going to have a little bit of a, you know, of, of kind of that, that phase where it's, it's becoming acclimated, you know, to the task. Um, but you're not going to be dropping close to a half a second, you know, in the second performance study that they did, um, it was six weeks as opposed to four weeks. And they also evaluated, uh, balance with the, um, uh, the Y balance test. Mm-hmm. And they found they significantly improved balance and change of direction. The quick board group, uh, as early as two weeks, significantly improved at four weeks, significantly improved at six weeks. So consistently significantly improved. And the overall mean decrease in that laser time change of direction test, the same one was a half a second in that study. Wow. And that was the difference between first and a hundredth. Wow. So you're, you're looking at significant improvements and it's, you know, for, I know most people are probably going to be listening, but we're showing in real time, you know, for every exercise, you're seeing your average ground contact time on the sensor locations on the screen. And you're also seeing your number of touches. So uh, if you're talking about, you know, especially that bridging, you know, phase with patients, yep. they're able to make adjustments during the exercise. If they see, oh, I'm, you know, 50 milliseconds, you know, heavier on my right side, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need to really start trusting, you know, my, you know, surgery side. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this one, it's, it's tough to see in the, the streaming. Um, but this was actually a, let me rewind it here. Uh, so again, for everyone who is listening on like Anchor or Spotify or whatever, I highly encourage you for this podcast to go to the Coach Haas uh, YouTube page because Kevin has shown his videos of how this quick board actually works and he's been giving us a bunch of examples. So it is kind of hard for people maybe listening, but uh, they understand the concept. It's five basic dots on the ground, five yellow dots. And there's all these different sequences, but I encourage you to go to the YouTube channel to watch this uh, podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a visual technology. Yep. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is, this is amazing. I'm in, I'm in awe. I'm glad the camera's not on me because my jaw's on the ground right now. This is like, this is the old school dot mats, you know, that just got technology behind it now and, and a a library of, of uh, great exercises and drills. Is there any yeah. music that goes to this? Can we blast like some Skrillex <laughs> and see how well they do that? Some I, I tell it. I tell everybody. I literally had somebody ask, "Hey, do you have music in the app?" It's like <laughs> just being played over your speakers. <laughs> <laughs> that way, it's customized to what your patients want to hear. So yeah, I mean, obviously, being a lower extremity, you know, technology and and you know, um, you know, moving around on a, a sensor board. You know, that's, that's kind of, that's the first thing that comes to people's mind, you know, is the whole DDR, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And it's, you know, I, I get that, you know, but, you know, at the same time, you know, what's important as well is what they're actually seeing on there, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, on the screen, being able to self-correct, you know, well, and, and exactly. if they are compensating on that healthy side, you know, we're giving them that information to, to correct the movement. And that's where you're going to see a transferable difference. Um, this guy right here, he was a uh, safety in a, a D1 college, and he had broken a bone in his left foot 
Okay. So he had surgery and he had surgery in, let's see, this was a few years back. So it was in December is when he had surgery. And then, um, you know, he rehabilitated and returned to play in the spring game. So spring games, it was kind of that March, April timeframe. All right. This was taken in May. All right. So the university where he went, they didn't have a quick board. I think probably had your, you know, kind of your normal, you know, rehab process that he went through was cleared. And you'll see it's what we call the diagonal quick step. So head, head, of course, is up. He's focused on the tablet. And then his, you know, healthy side is performing that two sensor sequence. But watch, watch the stability on his, uh, you know, side that he had broken his foot. So it's hard to see again with streaming, but he, you're seeing some valgus there mm -hmm. that actually yeah, resulted some ankle in collapsing almost there. Yep. Yep. So now, now this is this is the eye-opening part. Okay. So you saw, you know, an issue with stability, but now watch his left leg. All right. So again, he's focused on the outcome of his movement. Okay. So you're really, uh, you know, highlighting that coordination aspect. So I don't know if it's hard to see, but see how his foot can't even perform that two sensor sequence. See how it's bouncing around. Yep. 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 And some guys, their legs will actually do a circle and you lose that coordination because they're focused up here. They're not looking down at what they're doing. If mm -hmm. they're looking down at what they're doing, then, you know, your, your body's not having to make that connection. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're looking at it and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm touching. I'm doing fine. So it's, it's a combination of that. And it's the motivation aspect. They're trying, he is trying to get the same amount of touches as he did on the other leg. Cause he knows how many he got. Now he's right. trying to match that. Right. So it's a self-competition. Yeah. Yes. So that's where you elicit those errors in coordination and because you're giving them the objective data. And uh, so that's where, you know, addressing kinesiophobia, mm -hmm. it is, you know, I think you have, you know, the neuroplasticity aspect, which I think y'all talked to Trent about and, and uh, probably some other guests on your podcast. Um, you know, you have that where the visual motor training is helping address that and restore that communication. Uh, but then, you know, you also have, you know, simple things where, you know, they're motivated and they're trying to get better, right? And in those paired exercises, they can see, okay, this is how I did on my, you know, healthy side. Now, you know, I've got to get my, my, you know, surgical side up to where my other side is. So when you give somebody objective feedback, then their confidence is going to increase as they start closing that gap because yeah. they can see it and then they can feel it. So that's helping address you know, the, the kinesiophobia side of things as well. I mean, there's other ways to do that, but uh, sometimes it can be tough. You know, it just depends on who the therapist is. You know, some are really good at helping the individual do that, but, yeah. you know, some, you know, it, it helps to have technologies like the quick board. Well, a lot of the population that Joe and I, you know, are treating in this high school, college, um, you know, atmosphere, that demographic, uh, you know, these kids need something to look forward to. The injury takes a lot out of them. Um, and it's just like, it's almost like homework to do this extra stuff, but if there's anything to motivate them on why we need to practice doing the single leg squats are given you doing the squat, uh, retraining and improving these movement patterns is because we want to get a better, um, score on this board. It gives them like a little thing to go to, towards, you know, and they're very focused. I see how fired up they get 
to do that return the sport play, which is basically that single leg hopping test that we discussed with Trent also is, is a bunch of garbage because it doesn't, it doesn't equate for quality of movement. It just shows how fast they complete it. And you can be crap. They can be destroying themselves to get there. And the parents are like, Oh, well they made it across the line and Oh, well they completed it. Right. They're ready to run. And it's like, no, no, <laughs> you know, and it's just, we're trying to, to get that across. And I feel like, you know, this, this just has so much better objective data behind it. And also look at the quality of movement. Like, like you pointed out, like, look, like there's still a lot of torsion and collapse when they're doing this movement. Imagine what's going to happen on a turf, on the field in muddy, rainy weather. So this is why we want to clean this up. Like they could see it. And then if they want to argue and go against it, Hey, you know what? It's your life. It's your career, it's, but it's right here. You know, you want to go against the data. It's right here. So yeah, I think, yeah. You know, like, this is awesome. Well, and after, and, and to, to really, you know, reinforce that because I've been working with therapists for such a long time that, you know, we want to include anything we can in the software to, to help you guys, you know, uh, one, motivate patients and, um, you know, make your job in, you know, some sense a little bit easier. And so uh, after they run through their protocol during their visit, um, you know, you have a daily progress report. So it has, you know, a symmetry summer, uh, summary section, you know, based on, ground contact times and uh, reaction times on the left side and right side. And then also uh, accuracy uh, for that left side and right side. And then we list every single exercise they did. We list what their average result was for that day uh, for every exercise. And then we show uh, how it compares to their previous rolling average. So percentage wise, like did they improve? Did they go down? And then we also show their best result uh, that day and you know, how that compared to their previous best results. So you get that every single time somebody comes in that you can share with a patient, a parent, and it just helps reinforce like, look, they're not ready. Or, you know, maybe you're like, look, they're getting really close. And, and so you're, you're, you're helping communicate to the parent and the athlete, like, look, I mean, this doesn't lie. Like these, you know, you see what, what I'm seeing here and, and they'll know, like they can feel the difference too. So there's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue against the data. I think that does a, a couple of things. Uh, it definitely holds them, you know, accountable because whether the parent, the, either going through insurance, you know, now you have something that is going to make a goal for insurance to see. And you're listing, like you said, the daily outcomes, and you could justify that and say by week X, we want to see these on the quick board. And this is where they are at these marks, you know, um, if they have a stingy insurance or some of these that only want to see that the kid could tie their shoes without pain or whatever, you know, they don't care about stock or you get that crap. Well, a lot of people are switching to paying, you know, for cash space, you know, so, okay, well, I'm paying money out of pocket. So it's going to, I'm going to hold my, my, my child accountable when we're home, we're doing these exercises because at week eight, you're doing that quick board test again. And I want to see results. I'm not paying money for you to be sitting on Snapchat and stuff on the couch. You got to go home and do the exercises that, you know, Mike's giving you, Joe's giving you, et cetera, you know, and hold them accountable because Joe and I know that <laughs> a lot of these kids are not going home and doing what's supposed to be doing. And we know the athletes that are coming in and doing what's supposed to be doing. We know the ones yeah. that are not, you know, and we know the parents that are involved. And we know the parents that are not. And guess what happens when the athlete doesn't do well, Guess who gets the blunt of it? Oh, well, the PT wasn't doing their job or the, you know, the sports coach wasn't doing their job. And they go back and tell the surgeon and guess the surgeon says, well, you got to go see a different PT or go someplace else. So always pass the buck. So we got to yeah. hold everybody accountable here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. 
is we give you as much reporting as possible. You know, everything's objective, obviously. Um, and, and to be frank, you know, clinics that are using it, um, I mean, they, they're surprised how competitive these athletes get. And Oh, know, that's right. I was just thinking in my head is you're going to have every athlete just wanting to come into the building to, to get on the quick board. To oh, see yeah. where, no. where, they, where they've gotten from the Dude, last we time. We can have like a scoreboard, you know. Oh, like yeah. County PA, the leader yeah. scoreboard, you know. Winner gets a hey. prize. <laughs> hey, what, our, our, uh, our web app has a leaderboard that you can filter, like whatever exercise you want to display for that day. And it shows your all-time leaderboard. So, oh, that's cool. We're, we're, trying to, we're, we're trying to help you out, you know, so you can display it on, you know, your smart TV. And, um, you know, it's, you know, they yell at the iPad. Um, they get extremely competitive and, you know, therapists love it. You know, I mean, coaches love it because, hey, when I was a performance coach, you got kids that, you know, they're just dragging in there and you try to motivate. But at the same time, you're like, look, man, I'm not a motivational speaker every single time you come yeah, in. Yeah. Like, you know, I, you got to help me out a little bit. We have a lot of that, right, Joe? Well, they well yeah, you know what? I'm already thinking they come in and that'll spark you right up. You get on that thing right away. All of a sudden, your heart rate's up, and now we're now we're woke for the session because I got kids yeah. that come in dragging their feet sometimes. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. You know, you can go start on the Airdyne bike if you want to come in like that. Yeah. They, they got the COVID haircut going on, which is a lack of haircuts. So the hair's down over their eyes. So maybe this will reinforce them to get the hair out of their eyes so you can see the quick board results. <laughs> No, for sure. I, I had that COVID haircut for a little bit last year. So, I, I just about everybody did. Yeah, uh, I, I would say not me. I was fine with my uh, haircuts all the way through. So, thank you. Self-sufficient, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's and and you know, I mean, just like you see here, I mean, you can have an athlete come in. Of course, I probably didn't add any in a profile, so I'm flipping over to okay so profile right here so you got daniel thompson you know this is his previous agility rating it shows where he was percentage wise you see the recommendation here might be a little small for you guys but recommended based on your agility rating is the movement okay. workout level one so that's your recommended workout but you can also customize this so yeah. therapists coaches they can drop their exercises in here that they want the individual to do and they can have these things set up ahead of time. So, um, you know, you've got your exercises, it's selected automated, it's gonna circuit through. You've got your program set, so you can change the sets. I mean, you can go up to, had one NFL team that wanted to do up to 25 sets. So we got it in there. And um, <laughs> wow. so you got, you know, five sets, you know, change your rest time to whatever you want. Um, you know, most of the time you're gonna be probably, you know, depending on where they are in rehab, I mean, um, you know, 15, 30 seconds. And uh, you see this estimated time right here it tells you, okay, then they're going to be on here about 16 or 17 minutes. And uh, so it helps you say, okay, if they're going to be on that 17 minutes, here's what we're going to do with the rest of the time. So once you program that, the individual can come back in, select their profile, and then it saves what you've programmed for that individual. They press start. So this is what we show you. Like it's counting down. So initially you get 10 seconds because you haven't done anything yet, but then thereafter it's the program rest time. And then it shows you what your best result is. Again, keeping the individual goal oriented, shows what their best result is, what their last result was, and then tells them how many exercises they have left. And of course they see a demo video of what they're supposed to be doing. So this will take them through an entire protocol and 
you can be, you know, finishing up with another athlete or a group of athletes. And, you know, this will take somebody through, it'll take through multiple athletes as well. So you could have, you know, a pre-workout. So if you're talking about, you know, the bridging phase, you know, uh, kind of general uh, workout phase, um, you could have where if you have group of three or five, you're like, okay, somebody's on the quick board, somebody's, you know, doing, you know, some sort of core exercise and, and you, you have a circuit and then you let the quick board rest time determines the interval, you know, that they're going through the protocol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's, you know, that's how some facilities are using it. And again, trying to make this as automated as possible and as helpful as possible. Um, you know, in, in something that we haven't even yeah. got into, um, you know, I guess we're running a little bit long here, so I don't right. want to take uh, no, too fine. much time, no. too much time, but Kevin, I have a, I have an iPad. Does it come with an iPad or you just, no. It's, it's just compatible with the iPads that you have. So gotcha. it okay. doesn't come with the iPad. Um, I mean, that's something that we can bundle, um, you know, but, um, you know, some people don't have one and we just, you know, can bundle it and, and bill for that. Uh, but, you know, again, the sensor boards, you know, they're made in Memphis. So, you know, you're looking at 1900 for the small one and about 2100 for the big one. No okay. weight limit. Uh, the software license that comes with it. You know, it has a, um, you know, a sensor board, uh, basically service contract in there. So, you know, it's essentially like your, you know, quick board care, mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, something's up, somebody kicked it when it was charging that busted out, we ship you a replacement part for it, you know, no questions asked. So that's where, you know, and nice. everybody's got their software license, right? So yeah. I get it. You know, I'm a person, I pay for software licenses, and, but, you know, with ours, you know, we do have that, that service contract in there to, you know, really, you know, allow that goes, you know, in perpetuity. So what's the um, difference between the, the, the big one, the big board and the small board? Strictly size. Okay. Um, you know, and frankly, even physical therapy clinics, everybody's going, you know, with the bigger one now. Cause I mean, you have Parkinson's patients using this, you have older adults. We had a, a, uh, a stroke, uh, pilot study going on with a hospital here in Memphis. And, um, you know, the bigger boards, you know, it makes them move more. So mm -hmm. you're just, you know, increasing that demand and, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, seeing, seeing, you know, more improvement based on that. So, you know, if you're working with grade school, you know, to middle school, you know, um, yeah, maybe the small board is going to be better for you. But, you know, I think if you're primarily high school, college, you know, pro, yep. um, you know, you, the big board is what what most have, have gone to. And that's that includes physical therapy clinics. Yeah, I think that's uh, important for the elderly, because especially Parkinson's, because of the bit, the big program and trying to get them to open up their steps and improve their gait mechanics. So the big would, would improve those motor patterns. Yeah. And. And, you know, again, I don't want to take too much more time, um, but, you know, essentially what we're working on in our methodology and targeting is the constrained action hypothesis. So, you know, essentially that is internal focus versus external focus. Hey, so, Kevin Wilk. I was just going to yeah, say that. Uh, hey, Kevin. He's, he's everywhere, right? He is everywhere. <laughs> Um, I was just at one of his seminars last weekend in Nashville. So, oh, nice. You were um, there. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's, I mean, he uses the quick board um, yeah. and, and he, you know, like he said, they put every patient on it. And That's um, awesome. so it, it was funny because he was doing, did y'all see that one 
that he did with uh, his online webinar with um, Dustin Grooms out of Ohio University. He does a lot of neuroplasticity research. Was that was that the one that was on 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 the uh, one of the uh, PDFs that you sent or one of the attachments? He yeah well that was one of his studies this one okay Dustin Grooms yeah so he does he integrates MRI into a study so you actually see you know brain mapping and what's actually activated uh, what I'm excited about is uh, this fall I'm going to be meeting with him and um, you know to integrate ClickBoard and what he's doing so. Um, you know, I'm all for it because I know it works. Uh, therapists know that it works who use it. And, um, you know, we've shown it in terms of like change of direction tests, you know, balance, um, you know, but now we'll really get some insights into, you know, uh, the areas of the brain that are, you know, activated, you know, pre and post. So, um, you know, he actually, something was interesting that he said was he does mostly ACL, but in some concussion, I guess, studies that, that, um, you know, he's seen, he was talking to Kevin about is they were talking, hey, what's, what, you know, do secondary injuries look like uh, post-concussion, you know, when, when athletes return to play? And he really spoke to the, and, you know, this is just going off of, you know, me listening to that webinar. I'm, I'm not an expert in it, but he said that uh, the corpus callosum, I guess, connects the the right and left hemispheres of the brain. Mm-hmm. And apparently that is, is not restored, you know, with what, you know, kind of common concussion rehabilitation. And so he said, um, lower extremity, uh, bimanual coordination exercises, you know, are really important. So for instance, that stagger step, you know, some of the, that stagger step that we do in the agility rating, he said, you know, he saw the video because Kevin was just playing some of the technologies that that he uses. And I mean, he said that that stagger step should be, you know, the like a standard in return to play, mm-hmm. you know, for concussion or standard in concussion rehabilitation. So uh, like anything else, whether it's ACL, whether it's concussion, there's no silver bullet. You know, there's a lot of different things that you got to address. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the unique aspect of the quick board is that we target lower extremity in that eye foot uh, communication with the visual motor training. And, you know, what the, you know, kind of to to wrap up on my end, you know, back to the Kevin Welk picture is, you know, you have internal focus, which is what's pretty common in training and rehab. Like now that I know all this, it's like, wow, this would have been really helpful if in my early days, (laughs) all this. Um, So internal focus is where you're focusing on body movements. So in change of direction tests, if you're giving them certain cues, that can make them internally focus, which it disrupts, like you see here, a lot of words on this slide, but it disrupts the automatic control processes that regulate movement. And that's more of a sensory, um, you know, focused um, kind of response. And what's interesting too, is what, what motor learning research says is it tends to be less resilient under psychological and physiological fatigue. So when you go, you know, turn and an athletes in a game, you know, it's not necessarily going to translate and it's actually internally focused training and rehab is less likely to transfer to sports and everyday activities. And when it comes down to, it, it's just, it's, you got to incorporate the eyes. You got to give the eyes yeah. feedback. Like yeah. when you're walking down the street, you're not looking down at every single step you're doing. You're walking, your eyes are up and your visual motor systems taking everything in and making adjustments. It's like walking upstairs, right? 
And um, so that's why you want them to be externally focused. You want them to focus on the outcome of their movement or the movement effect. And so that results in an unconscious, fast and reflexive process uh, to control the movement. And so that's more the motor division of the nervous system. And so that what they've shown in motor learning studies is that performance and learning and motor skills are enhanced and that's more likely to transfer to sports and everyday activities. This is my kind of justification and, and kind of evidence as to why are these athletes in the quick board studies, why are they significantly improving the whole, their whole body change of direction when they're not doing that? That's just the test. Mm. And it's because they are externally focused and there's different ways to do that. Um, but with real-time feedback, with all the feedback that we're giving them, um, you know, we're trying to really maximize, you know, that effect from an externally focused exercise. Wow. Yeah. Well, if that's not like, uh, um, uh, first off, it's a mouthful, but it's, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's comprehensible. Like if, if, if you, if you're getting it as, as a parent that maybe w is listening, it's just, it just basically solidifying the reason why the quick board is such an effective tool. I mean, in, in, in summary, if, yeah. you know, like, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, that, that's it. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, early on, you know, I'd have, you know, performance coaches or, you know, you name it, therapists saying, oh, they improved because they did it. I'm like, people, if y'all not trained athletes doing change of direction, it just does not fall off like that. Right. And so right. then that's when you really started, you know, dug into motor learning research, found the constrained action hypothesis. I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is it. And so that's, you know, why, you know, for years now, you know, this is the supporting evidence of our evidence. <laughs> exactly. It's never ending. You know what I mean? Like, you sure, gotta, sure. They're always going to want it. They're always going to try to disprove it. So there's yeah. always going to, you know, you're going to have to kind of always have to stand up for it and, and constantly show that the data is, is there. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then you just got the motivational aspect and yep. it's helping you, you know, comes down to it. If you're, you're not, you know, buying into to the research and the supporting research, you know, Hey, it's objective. It's going to help you communicate to your patients. It's going to help your patients, you know, feel better about their improvement and, and increase confidence. And, you know, if anything, you're, you're documenting, you know, their whole process. Bingo. Uh, so we get to this point in the show here and um, I like to always ask three questions. Um, first one coming at you is, um, what right now currently is keeping you awake at night? Keeping me awake at night, aside from wandering three-year-old and five-year-old. Yes. <laughs> is, uh, so in addition to that, it is, um, you know, it's, it's some of the new technologies that we're working on. So it's not replacing the quick board. It's complimentary of it. Um, but it is, it is how can, how can we, you know, take this to the next step. So obviously the technology is, is solid, um, you know, has gained a, a significant traction in physical therapy and, and of course performance, but um, you know, it is, it's trying to get those, those new technologies that we're going to be launching uh, to market. And um, so that's, you know, something, you know, exciting, you know, that's on the horizon, um, you know, and, and we're going to, we're going to have something, you know, soon. I, I don't know if it'll be this year, um, you know, but it will be, you know, on the, the wearable side of things. And so again, it's to help you guys, you know, uh, do your job better 
and save you time and get the patient athlete buy-in. Gotcha. So it's, it's making sure that we can get that to market and, uh, you know, that it doesn't take two more years. Gotcha. <laughs> so you're listening, folks, there's going to be some advancements to the quick board. So there's going to stay on the lookout. All yeah. right. Second. And it's, it's not replacing it just to be, he said, you know, don't yes. hold out for the next, you know, the next quick board version. It's, it's, yeah. it's complimentary of it. Complimentary. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Second question. Um, what's your biggest obsession right now? biggest obsession, you know, frankly, you know, I mean, I'll be honest is, um, you know, something that I'm reading is um, uh, one, it's kind of the whole biohacking thing and, and, uh, you know, trying to improve, you know, myself in terms of health. I mean, naturally try to eat healthy and, and work out, you know, five days a week, um, you know, but it's, it's really digging into the details. Like uh, I'm reading a book right now, um, called, uh, sleep and, uh, the importance of nose breathing. So I don't know if y'all, have y'all heard of, um, it's James, uh, James Nestor. And, um, so it's, it's trying to, you know, I mean, given I'm, you know, 40 now, as much as I try to deny it, uh, but uh. it's, it's really trying to, to, you know, increase longevity. And at the same time, um, you know, be on top of everything, you know, and have that cognitive, you know, better cognitive performance than, than I've ever had. So of course it's active, you know, doing, you know, the quick board and um, then at the same time sleep and really focuses on how much more effective, you know, uh, breathing in and out your nose is. So uh, I don't know if you guys have looked in, you know, looked into any of that, but uh, you know, that's, that's, um, you know, kind of, my focus because I need to make sure that every day, you know, I can, you know, be the best version of myself for as long as I can be. Are you familiar with the whoop strap? You know, I saw you were wearing one, you know, I have the, uh, the Apple watch, but I know it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's not doing really any, any sleep monitoring. I mean, what's your take on it? I'm going to give you a plug right now because they are (laughs) going to be something that even Joe and I want to, because I reached out to them because I'd like to be able to, do something where we could get either a local club or a team to use it. So we could get some information on some of these athletes. Cause we know that high school athletes, especially are very sleep deprived. And, um, whoop is pretty cool because, um, they have a podcast. I could send you the link to the one that just came out today where they're actually looking at the research that looks at if you are deprived, I think by uh, 45 minutes of sleep, I think for every 45 minutes of sleep, uh, sleep deprivation, five to 10, um, I think it's, you lose five to 10% of your mental control the next day. So here, so actually right here. So research showed for every 45 minutes of sleep that a person accrued five to 10% decreases in mental control the following day. And for every 30 minutes of slow wave sleep gained, you saw a five to 10% increase in mental control the next day. And they were looking at studies where if you are in a very cognitively aggressive field maybe you know you're someone that has to go and do depositions or you're a lawyer or something and you have to be very focused or whatever you're going to be more effective in your speech your reaction time things like that um they're really studying a lot of that uh they brought on patrick mahomes a couple episodes ago where he was talking about because he's one of their sponsor members talking about um how important the recovery has been for that lebron james has been one of their uh initial guys who has been like way from the beginning when they first had the beta example on and uh 
you know, they're using it a lot more. A lot of the Olympic athletes are wearing it. It's very big in Spartan race. Um, I've been using it for a year and it really does show you your trends. And it's, you know, you take a little bit of a grain of salt because sometimes it'll show that your recovery is a little bit lower, but you're still primed to go, but it's showing what your trends are. You could always get away with a little bit, but it's generally showing that if, if you're really red and you're low, I'd probably be careful at what you're doing and how hard you want to push. Can you get away with it? Yeah, but I want to make it a habit, but it'll show you what you're doing. And as long as you're interactive with the journal and everything, it'll show you like what your habits are, what's going on with your training. And um, it's pretty cool because it gives us more insight into what we're doing. And the very cool thing is during COVID, it started tracking data with people that were waking up with a higher um, resting respiratory rate at night and a low recovery were positive for COVID. And they were finding that out because, you know, if you have a respiratory rate that's elevated when you're sleeping, you'll see it spikes right up. That's indicative of a lower respiratory rate. Your body's trying to get more oxygen. So we're taking temperatures and doing all this stuff. But honestly, we should have been testing the respiratory rate, which is a little bit harder to do. But this thing was picking it up because it'll pick up your respiratory rate through your heart rate. And I noticed that immediately after I got the vaccination that the, uh, my respiratory rate spiked up. My recovery was 1%. It was insane. I sent it over to the guy, Will Ahmed, the creator. And he's like, that's crazy. He's like, and you could see it had never been that all of a sudden spiked and then went down. So you saw the big jump in it. And then even sometimes if, um, the humidity is going is, is high or you're really stressed, or even after drinking, you'll see that the respiratory rate elevates in your sleep because your body's trying to get more oxygen. So really cool stuff. Interesting. I think you would, You'd probably like it, Kevin. I can send you the link to the podcast and you can check them out. But if you're really into that, you're really into the biohacking, uh, I'll make, I think it'd be worth trying to whoop out for a little bit. Yeah. No, I, yeah. it's one of those things. It, you know how you mean to do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I keep meaning to do it. Yeah. So that's that's where I yeah, – you know, please do send that because um, yeah. I'll listen to it. And of all the, the podcasts I listen to, yeah, I've never, never caught one on, on whoop and hey, that's, that's another, uh, you know, kind of plug here is, you know, with the, the quick board, you're able to evaluate the neurocognitive performance, you yeah. know, from a lower extremity standpoint and monitor that, monitor that. Cause that was one thing that, especially at the pro level and college level is those coaches can't, you know, they can't require them to wear a sleep device. And, um, you know, if so, they keep it to themselves, you know, and don't yeah. necessarily share it. And uh, so at least with the quick board, you're able to monitor that and see, oh, hey, what, you know, why, why are your results down 15% today? Like, you know, what's going on? Do you not get enough yeah. sleep? And it just results in, in questions. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so just, you know, those additional insights. But no, without a doubt, without a doubt that, yeah, sleep is, is huge. That's yeah. good stuff. That was a good long second answer, but I loved every minute of it. <laughs> we're all, hey, listen, we're learning here. This is what this is about. So yeah. last question, uh, give us some of your success habits. Success habits is, I would say, you know, working out five days a week. You know, it's hard, uh, you know, with kids, especially on the weekends, you know, you don't want to be running off to the gym in the morning or sometime during the, during the day. Um, so five days a week, you know, it's, you know, waking up and grabbing that cup of coffee, going to the gym. I mean, it's just night and day. Even if you don't sleep well, I mean, it gets you through the day and, um, you know, you're just not dragging as much. So, um, you know, I would say, you know, consistent, um, you know, habits like that you know, keeping the body moving and, um, you know, challenging the body 
uh, which of course is going to, you know, help you from a cognitive standpoint and uh, being on top of it. So uh, that and, and really trying to, you know, focus on, you know, again, going back to sleep. I mean, if just, you know, based on what Mike was just saying, I mean, if you're not sleeping well, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be firing on all cylinders the next day. So, you know, uh, that in, in nutrition, you know, trying to reduce the, you know, uh, kind of the, the uh, temptation foods, you know, and uh, again, you know, with kids, uh, sometimes you got to live a little, but, yeah. you know, uh, when you can. Inflammatory you know, foods, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm in the, you know, started playing around with the whole um, uh, intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and uh, which I never thought I'd be able to do, but, you know, it helps, you know, with, with the uh, bulletproof coffees. And, uh, you know, uh, so in terms of like the Dave Asprey, Dr. Gundry, you know, kind of following, you know, both of them, yeah, to reduce that inflammation in the body. And, and um, so I've got my, I've got my, uh, my, you know, test, uh, you know, gut health test, uh, you know, sitting downstairs. So I need to get it in. You might be a perfect candidate for our sponsor by optimizers, trying the mass signs and see how you feel. Now, are they the ones that make the magnesium? What is it called? Magnesium. They do uh, make the magnesium breakthrough. Um, breakthrough. I've taken that before. Yeah. Yeah. So magnesium is good, but actually one of my sponsors, Endurly, um, is a great website um, where you can even get some really good nutrition um, advice because Matt Moss, when we had him on the podcast last summer, is a, a genius scientist and he works in creating the supplements. He's been researched, all that. Um, you know, and he actually looked at the specs on it and he really liked what was in Masszymes. The thing with the probiotics too, is there's a lot of, there's more research coming out, but apparently with the probiotics, um, there's so many different strain amounts and there's a lot of variables in each individual's gut. So there's a lot of things that have to be controlled to find out, but everything shows that there is positive results. It's just a matter of how much, how many, and you can't just grab one at like your local grocery store because you don't really know how well it is. So there's still a lot more has to come out, but everything looks positive. Right. Um, and I think with a magnesium, I remember he said it has to be at least 500 milligrams or something for it to work. He gave a, a specificity. So he was saying that the magnesium can help with sleeping, but there's also other things like he makes a product called sleep elite that has other things that help for rest. Okay. It's not just the um, melatonin, but it's magnesium. There's zinc. There's also lemon balm things that help reduce anxiety. And actually whoop talks about that with sleep, that if you are depleted on sleep, your anxiety obviously increases because you can't produce enough serotonin the next day. So things like that. So why are Americans so anxious and upset? Because we're not we're sleep deprived, you know, we work, work, yeah. work, and we're not getting enough sleep and it's accumulation. So you can't sleep poorly Wednesday, Thursday, and then sleep in Friday to Saturday and think you're going to catch up. You're like, trying to fill an empty tank and trying to play catch up that you really didn't that's that sleeping in was like just trying to make up for the past two days you got to be kind of consistent you know so yeah really interesting stuff you know no without a doubt no i mean send me send me that information because i'm always always looking and and yeah. uh, so i you know my I have a lot of reading to do this weekend i know <laughs> another plug we got prx you want to if you have if you have a garage kevin that's the new thing man home home gyms yeah i need i need to i do live right around the corner from the gym but Uh, okay i'm I'm always hey 
Hey, I'm always, always up for trying to be more efficient in uh, what I do. So, yeah. uh, you know, it helps, you know, having a you know quick board around and, uh, nice. but there's a lot of other things. It's, you know, like I said earlier, you know, you, you get, need to focus on, you know, the kind of the circle life and uh, with body movement, strength, um, you know, that sort of thing, flexibility. So, um, yeah, I think the, um, you know, I was, I'm glad because he's really latching onto it, but my dad is 70 now and, and, you know, old school, um, you know, just eats what he, what he wanted to. And uh, um, so it's hard to get him to, to stay, um, you know, disciplined or be disciplined period. And um, so I had him reading uh, Dr. Gundry's, you know, longevity book and um, the longevity paradox. And so it's, you know, it's good because he's really latching onto it and he's got a knee that's bone on bone. And, um, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I read how he had a, you know, a, a patient who, you know, within six months, instead of having a knee replacement, he, you know, kind of turned everything around with, you know, eating better and, and you know, getting his you know gut health in order. And, you know, the arthritis went away and um, uh, had better cardiovascular health. So, um, you know, big believer in it. And uh, so, yeah, anything you have, um, you know, please send it because I'm, I'm, I can always do better. Uh, I'm trying to stay disciplined as best I can. Nice. Nice. Well, that was a series of plugs at the end. And that's, uh, that's, that's why Mike gets paid the big bucks. He's going to have a, another garage filled with all kinds of new gadgets from all of his plugs. But yes, that's, that's what the show is for. Um, basically, you guys going back and forth there kind of wraps up, you know, a lot of what we, you know, what we brought to the table tonight. Um, this has been an amazing, amazing episode. Again, people go to the YouTube coach Haas page to watch some of the videos that Kevin showed us tonight uh, to really get a better understanding of the quick board. Um, but also Kevin, where can they, where can they find you? Where's the best place for people to find you? So they can go to the website. It's thequickboard.com. So there's actually T-H-E-Q-U-I-C-K and then B-O-A-R-D.com. Quickboard.com was taken, still is taken since 2007. And uh, with nothing parked there. <laughs> so, um, you know, LinkedIn, you know, is, um, you know, I'm on there. And uh, Instagram, you know, is, I would say, you know, those are the two LinkedIn, Instagram. And of course, you know, a lot of what we're posting on Instagram, we'll, we'll post on uh, our Facebook page. So it's just facebook.com forward slash uh, the quick board. Nice. And Dr. Mike, where can they find you? At honey badger underscore juicy on Instagram and Mike St. George on the uh, LinkedIn. And you can find me on Facebook also. Gotcha. You can well, we find me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Kevin. Go ahead. No, nah, that's all right. They don't need to know where they can find me. I'll tell them already. <laughs> no, we gotta, we gotta uh, have another episode. I gotta hear about this uh, Spartan race training. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll have you on more than once more. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. We could definitely talk about that. You know, talk yes. about coordination and all the, all the things that come in that. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, you can find me at Coach underscore Haas on Instagram. You can go to Joe Haas on LinkedIn or Coach Haas on the Facebook page. And also, again, I said it four or five times tonight, but the YouTube page, Coach Haas, where this episode will be, where you can watch some of the videos that we put up. 
And, um, you know, be on the lookout for more of our podcasts coming up. We're going to have, a, a, you know, a few more guests before the end of the summer. And then Mike and I are going to probably take off the month of August. Um, but, you know, again, continue to give us feedback on, on the things that you want to hear and, you know, some of the guests that you may see if we can get on. Uh, but again, Kevin, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you, Dr. Mike. It's always a pleasure. And I'll probably talk to you tomorrow anyway. Yeah, this was awesome. This was awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Boys, have a great night. All right. Thank you. All right. You got it. We're out.